Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. Don't get lost in the vast expanse of the internet. Try Ventoff SEO Manager instead, the Shopify app that store owners use to optimize their search engine results. Ventoff SEO Manager is your SEO toolkit. You'll be king of the hill, top of the heap, cream of the crop, so why settle for page 10? Simply put, SEO Manager allows you to change the way search engines see and list your store. Better search rankings means more customers, which means more money for you. Try Ventoff SEO today and get found. Just search SEO Manager in the Shopify App Store to get started. Uh, hey everyone, what you're hearing now is take two, because we talked for five minutes, then Kurt noticed that I was muted the whole time. So, that conversation we were having that I was telling you about the secret I learned about how to make six figures on your store every month, no questions asked, uh, it's just gone time. It's just gone. You'll never hear it ever again. So the trick is you hit inspect element, <laughs> and then you just set that revenue to wherever you want yeah, it to. Yeah, yeah. And then you take a screenshot of it, and you post, then you post it, on it on Twitter. Then you sell a course. And then you sell a course talking about how rich you are. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you actually get rich. Yeah, exactly. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. Pretty much. Well, you know, you think about it. You visualized it. By doing Inspect Element, you visualize being rich. And then you sell the course on top of that. And then you become rich. And is it a, still a vision board if it's only, like, on Pinterest? Or should I – it has to be, like, poster board? No, I think you need to physically board. make the vision board. you got to be like James Kahn in Thief and physically make your vision board. Okay, good. I like that. So in your... Did you ever see Thief? No. Oh, that movie's sick. I love that movie. What year is it? Uh, 80, 81, I think. Okay, yeah, because I was born in 83, and everyone knows you can't watch movies that were bef- came out before you were born. All right, that's an inside joke that only the two of us would get. No one listening to this so would I don't, get that. So I've never seen Alien? <laughs> never seen Star Wars? That's an inside joke. Someone yelled that at me when I made a reference to Alien, and they were like, how do you know about that movie? And I was like, what? And they're like, that came out before you were born. It's like, yes, because on Jan- on December 31st, they burn all the movies that came out that year. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> that would get people back to the theater. Yeah, and we all, like, you put it in a giant, you put it in a giant wicker man that's shaped like Alfred Hitchcock or, like, <laughs> Martin Scorsese, and then, you bur- and then you burn it, and then no one ever sees the movies ever again, and then you just share them around the fire. You're like, his name was Marty McFly. He got in a car, a special car. And that's how we got Rick and Morty eventually. <laughs> wow. No, Thief's great. It's uh, Michael Mann's first movie, I think. I think it's his first theatrical movie, definitely. But it's shot in Chicago. Looks amazing. James Caan just doesn't care about anyone. Just wants to, like, steal stuff. Total badass. Oh, movie's so good. So transitioning to Shop Chat. <laughs> when you're in the Shopify admin, that search bar is... It's not there. It's gone. Like you're looking for, you're in, like looking at products, orders, well, or customers. Yeah, when you're on the product, well, I just, to me, it's when you're on the product page, on the products listing, there's no search bar. There's a search bar up top, which I guess is universal search. That's universal search. That's different. But it's like, I just want to search these products and just give, re- return these products for me. And it's just hidden now. The search bar is hidden. I don't know why. 
It's some Johnny Ivy, Apple, we're just going to remove everything that's useful bullshit, like the headphone jack. <laughs> and uh, that's gone now. Sometimes it, I miss my headphone jack. Well, and it's just, yeah, and everything in the UI is now behind a hamburger, and now the, now the UI is cleaner. <laughs> it's, like, it's cleaner because we swept that stuff under the rug. Yeah, because we hid anything you'd want to use. If you hit F, that search bar just pops back. Wow. I'm, feel, I'm like just a productivity super pro every time I remember to click the F key and bring back my beloved search bar. But my hand is already on the mouse, so I just got to go to the little button. And click you got on one it. hand on the mouse. What's the other hand doing? Hovering over the F key. This is a G-rated podcast. I can't tell you what the other hand's doing. I keep a thumb on the space bar for just immediate <laughs> scrolling. <laughs> what are we discussing on today's episode? Uh, that's your job. You, I was at my desk. You looked at me with those bedroom eyes, and you were like, I'm ready. So I came over here and assumed the position, and then you just start talking, and I react <laughs> to that. That's what we do. That's accurate. Just when you say it, it doesn't... <laughs> It sounds upsetting to me, <laughs> but I can't quite place my finger on why. Well, all right, today we are talking about Shopify's newest updates and features. So you know, this quarter, a little bit ago, prior to this podcast, I waited a little bit long here, but uh, Shopify Editions Winter 2023 happened, and in those feature announcements, they had 100-plus updates in there. That's a little weird because, A, all right, we're already impressed. Slow down, guys. I don't need 100 plus. I'll settle for 99. But it's like they'll do, here's features that have launched in the last 90 days. Here's the stuff that's launching shortly. And then here's like future stuff coming down the pipe in the next 90 days. And so it really, it, it takes me some time to parse through it and figure out, all right, what's the stuff I'm excited about? What's the stuff that's available now and you know, practical to us? And when the announcements first happen, that's not necessarily obvious to me. I'm like, at that point, just a kid in a candy store and my eyes glaze over. That was, and with that, uh, let's do our introductions. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Check nasty. And joining me today is my business partner, Paul Rita. Producer Paul. And this is the unofficial Shopify podcast. Whatever sound effect that was, I'm definitely muting it. Just going to have to find out. Oh, boy. Neither of us are wearing headphones. Yeah, I, I don't know. even know if I got the right one. Yeah, I'm getting rid of that. So it had like 100-plus feature announcements, but the standout theme— That's too many, by the way. I they're know. just They're just making up stuff at that point, like hid the search bar. Like, that's <laughs> not a feature announcement. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't see that one in there. <laughs> that's a change log. 100 items is a change log. That's not a feature announcement. <laughs> there's oh, For sure there's stuff that ends up in the change log that I don't think makes it— into this. And then especially if like you include the developer API change log. Oh man. <laughs> Maybe it's because they they canceled all those meetings. They had uh it was like a, a company-wide initiative. It was like any meeting with over X people just gets canceled. Like they just cleared people's calendars and they're like, you're gonna start shipping. Good. I'm glad they did that. Companies should do that more often. I often open my calendar, I hit select all delete, and then that I maximize my productivity. I mean I got we now have a company-wide meeting at noon every Tuesday, and I was getting annoyed at that. You just won a week. It is I, 30 minutes. Well, because we went from zero to one. <laughs> it was a 100% increase. I Look, anything times zero is zero, now so I'm, it's a 0% increase. Now I'm fine. I mean, now I'm fine with it, but I mean, it's a slippery slope. So the, the theme here for sure 
is checkout. And the very first feature, which we don't have access to and no official timeline yet, is one-page checkout. This is a thing. This is like a, a holy grail for a handful of people for years. If I could just have one-page checkout, my conversions will go through the roof. I don't know if that's true, but it, you know, done right, I think it's absolutely plausible you know, that a one-page checkout could bump conversions. I think the claim we're going with is like 10 to 15%. The idea is skepticism. I don't have to jump to a new page load through the process, and I can see everything up front at a glance that it makes it easier because I'm just scrolling down the page. I don't doubt it's better. I don't doubt it's better at all. I don't know if there's going to be that much of a lift. Yeah, I want to see it. I, I mean, does it? So it's just one giant. I mean, I don't like it if it's a giant list of fields. They really condensed it. So you could, pl even though it's not available to use in your store, and I'm sure, like, I'll get hosed, it'll be available when this goes live. Oh, well, fine. It won't. Um, but I've, I've seen it. There's a few stores that I will not out because we tank their conversion rate that are <laughs> in the beta test for it. So those are floating around out there. And the w place you can check it out is Shopify Supply. Shopify has a merch store that also functions kind of like a demo store of, like, here's our latest and greatest if you're doing using you know all our fancy features, and that one has the one-page checkout in it, so if you go like you know shop for a hat or a sweatshirt or something um, on Shopify.supply, you could just see this thing in action. And in my head, I pictured like it's the same checkout, but you scroll down, and okay, yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah, I'm just like, but if it, all... it just it walks you through the process really nicely. I mean, I. I... I don't know. I'm wondering if there's a mental difference in fill out these five fields, enter them. Now fill out these five fields, enter them, as opposed to, hey, buddy, fill out these 20 fields. There is. Just all at once. Yeah. If you show, you show all the fields all at once, it becomes an overwhelming list of things to do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the way they implemented it, it just doesn't look that way when you see it. And the big question, though is this thing plus only? And I don't think so. I don't think this is going to be a plus exclusive feature. Oh, I don't think, I, I would assume not. Because, you know, what Shopify really prides itself on, and, you know, we've known this for years, we've, we've been told this by people that work at Shopify, is that Shopify regards their product as the checkout. The checkout is the product that Shopify is selling you. Yeah, that's like, that is the cornerstone. That's the cornerstone of the entire thing is we handle the We do the checkout. We handle that. We do the money. We handle telling you how you got to do the fulfillment and all that stuff that extends from the check. Everything extends from the checkout. And that was why for such a long time you couldn't touch the checkout or edit it because that's because that's Shopify's domain and they handle all that. And then, so oh, oh. The idea Beg of- Beg forgiveness if you were to circumvent that checkout. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, they don't like that. Um so the idea of them somehow bifurcating the checkout and it being like, well, this is the plus checkout and this is the checkout for scrubs. Like that would, they would have to be maintaining two levels of like their base product. Ugh. Like, I don't think, I don't think they'd ever want to do that. So my, yeah, I, I think we're in agreement that it's probably, this is not going to be a plus exclusive when it does roll out. The other question I had about it, and so I was able to test it, was how does it handle abandoned cart? And so you, the first field on that page is what's your email, right? If I put my email in and, I, and it's a one-page checkout, 
the only button I ever click is purchase, complete order. And so I, if I abandon a one-page checkout, I've never actually submitted anything. So would my um, would I still get an abandoned cart email from this thing? And so I, I found a store that was using it in the beta, and you know I, I went ahead and jacked up their conversion rate for them by going <laughs> through the checkout with absolutely no intention to buy. I'm so sorry. Uh, and sure enough, I did get a abandoned cart email that was addressed to me and had you know, the products that I had in the cart. So they are, it is like just, you know, dynamically pulling in that email address. So abandoned cart still works. But I thought that was, uh, it was a good question. Would that work? I mean, you maybe cost someone their job. <laughs> All right. I don't think so. And if I did, I am so sorry. At the meeting, they were like, why is our conversion rate down 0.01%? Like, I don't know. We did everything the same. It's because of Kurt. They're, like, they're probably fired. like this one page checkout. Like, I don't know. They're like, we're moving backwards now. You're fired. <gasps> That would I would be devastated <laughs> if if that happened. Uh, the so within that checkout, they've got a drag and drop checkout editor now. It's called Checkout Extensibility. A little bit of an awkward name, right? This one is plus only. And so this it looks like the checkout that you know and love, except it now works uh, the way Online Store 2.0's theme editor does where you can drag and drop at blocks into the checkout. So you can only, the only things you're moving around are the app lots. You can't like create sections and have sections and move sections around. You just get to take apps and place them in your checkout. Yes. Okay. So the thing to do is to make an app that just inserts a div that I can write HTML into. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I bet they probably don't like that. I bet they like sanitize those inputs or something. Yeah, that would really like circumvent this restriction on it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Note to self: we got to try that. I'm so tired of losing revenue. Ah! Are you tired of losing revenue to abandoned carts and lapsed audiences? Ooh. Of course you are. Did you know that anonymous shoppers who visit your store on their phones can't receive abandoned cart emails from Shopify? <gasps> Pop quiz. What do Warby Parker, Dr. Squatch, and Blendjet have in common? They all turn to retention.com to maximize their growth and reclaim lost revenue. It's money falling from the sky. With retention.com's reclaim solution, you can leverage industry-leading identity resolution technology to increase your SMS and email flow revenue by up to 10 times. We I'm 10xing our list, okay? Like 10x. Like I'm not even joking. Onboarding is quick and easy, and implementation takes just hours, not months. Plus, retention.com's flexible pricing is based purely on incremental performance, so you only pay for what you get. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to grow your Shopify store and reclaim lost revenue. Visit retention.com to learn more and schedule your demo today. This uh, this change is kind of because doesn't this mean that scripts is going away checkout.liquid because here's the thing so shopify scripts are a thing we use to I use it daily we I use it all it. the time but it's kind of a power user thing you got to know how oh, to for do, sure you got to know how to do ruby you got to do all this stuff with it now instead of us freely writing a shopify script that our customer can you our client can use forever for free or, you know, whatever we charge them to do at that one time. Uh, 
now some app middleman is going to come in and be like, I made an app for that to do that. And now they got to pay the app developer 10 bucks a month till the end of time because we couldn't do the free script anymore. You're not wrong. Yeah. Let the clarifying point. We're confusing two features, but the theme is the same. <laughs> so check out, ex check out extensibility replaces a feature where previously, if I was on the plus plan, I could gain access to the checkout yeah, as check, a template. Checkout.liquid. Check out yeah. And even like within checkout.liquid, it was a little limited in what you could do oh, with it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And even when you did mess with it, like you didn't want to risk breaking it. And then you had to go through this upgrade process whenever they change things that was clearly not fun for anybody. And so I get why like this is net better. Um, and so I lose that. So like that example of like, I just want to jam a div in there with like a message. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm that fine was like that. what we would do with checkout.liquid. Uh, you know, like a Prop 65 warning. The Shopify scripts let you run conditional logic to alter prices on items. So that's like the number one use. And that was called line item script. So I could use it to power a promotion, like a complex promo, no discount codes. Or I can make it mess with discount code. Like basically I get it to do whatever pricing-wise, um, then I could do the same thing with shipping, where I could be like, all right, if this, you know, if I've got uh, glass bottles in the cart, don't offer two-day air, because they just keep breaking and it's annoying for everybody. Yeah, or like if we got a, if this giant pain-in-the-ass product that costs $500 is in the cart, in the checkout, don't offer free shipping. Yes. Even though they're over our free shipping threshold, because this damn thing will never ship for free. Yeah. The, or... Uh, payment gateways. Like, well, if an item with CBD is in the cart, then you got to hide PayPal because they don't approve of CBD. We All the things that we did using a script for free. Yes. But the script editor and that checkout.liquid template, those were features exclusive to Shopify Plus. And Shopify Plus, $2,000 a month. Yeah. But those are free features within it. All right. It, I mean, it's an expensive plan. It is. Um, the thing that replaces script editor is Shopify Functions, which is essentially, okay, that's apps for checkout processes. And then there's the checkout extensions. Those are just regular apps can add widgets into the checkout. So we've essentially created a new new Wait. revenue source for the app store. Wait. Yes. So checkout extensions are just apps that already exist can also now do stuff in checkout. Yeah, so let's say... On, um, well, like uh, Harney T, one of our clients, Harney T, in the checkout, if you're a loyalty rewards member, you can redeem the points right in checkout. And that was like a widget that we would yeah, stick we had to jam that in there. We had to hold, do a whole thing to put that in checkout.liquid. Now that the uh, app provider who does the loyalty points, and I forget which one it is, I'm so sorry, has to make a extension for, or, yeah. For uh, their already pre-existing app yeah, that it will do something. So that it could pop that widget in there. Yes. And when I went to upgrade them, that widget didn't exist yet. So I had to go email the company and explain it to them. And they were unaware. But, you know, the, all this stuff really just, you know, became available recently. So, okay, there's that. And then the other part of it is, well, script editor I was using. But now I was using script editor to conditionally modify payment gateway shipping rule rates and uh, my discounts with line item scripts. Each of those categories powered by scripts now gets replaced with, I have to find uh, what's called a Shopify function. So a Shopify function 
is a new type of app. New type of app. That only runs inside the checkout. Yes. And does checkout manipulation things. Yes. Does it have a different set of permissions than checkout extensions? Yes. Yeah, they're definitely different. the hell? (laughs) Extensions are widgets. They're just app locks. Okay. I say just, but they're app locks. And functions is more logic-based. So functions replaces scripts. Yes. So we're replacing a free thing that people got for free on Plus Mm -hmm. with a not free thing that everyone has access to. Ooh, it's functions are Plus exclusive, I believe. So (laughs) we're replacing a Plus only thing that was free with a new Plus only thing that you got to pay for on top of Plus. Shopify functions uh, is Plus exclusive. Yeah. All right. No comment. I gotta make a Shopify Functions app. That's at least like as a Shopify partner. That's what I'm seeing some opportunity here, because it's I think it's August 2024. Check out that liquid. If you are using it, you cannot use it on net new Shopify Plus stores right now. Just it will not. You can't do it. If you're already using it, you get to keep it until August 2024 when they will pry it from you. Same with script editor. I was about to say, when did the script stop, wor- stop working? August 2024, they will pry it for my cold, dead fingers. Yeah, so, and the problem with this is, currently, there are no Shopify functions that exist. No, they're, they're, they're starting to pop up. Oh, okay. I looked, they're, they're populating in there. The, all right, so the, the positive side here is, I love sh- script editor. I love it, but you have to create Ruby script that does the thing you want. No, it sucks, yeah. And so unless you are a power user, this thing is not accessible to you or you're willing to hire a developer to run it for you. And so the idea with Shopify functions is like, all right, you're gonna, we're going to fill that hole with uh, a much wider variety of things that realistically, if they're not already easier to use over time, are going to become easier to use. The other one I really like, this new feature, we got this going on Asutra as another client. Uh, the shop promise badge, you could display expected delivery dates as part of the product form, the checkout, and in the shop app. And so you get that, like, you know, if I'm on an Amazon listing, it says, hey, order by X, and you'll get your product by X. Now I could just add that. That's just a feature in Shopify that I could drop into my product page. And it just figures that out? Because yeah, so Shopify it- knows when... Shopify knows when an order was delivered. Yeah, they have a full timeline of order placed, order fulfilled, order shipped, order delivered, because it has the tracking. And so you could pull that data yourself. It's in um, in reports. You could see it, and it'll be like, hey, you know, your medium time to fulfill is 1.1 days, and time for them to receive it is, you know, five days. And then it knows the to and from zip codes. And so if I go on, like, a Sutra's website, on Wednesday, it's going to tell me, hey, you got to you know, order by noon and you'll receive this product by Friday. And then the chances are it's going to show up on, or you'll receive it by Saturday, and then the chances are it's going to show up on Friday. So they build a buffer in. I would suspect. I would hope so. Yeah. And so it's really cool. It is not, the availability, it's not available to everybody. There's like a bunch of conditions you have to meet to be able to use this. Which is good because if people can't trust it, yeah, they, they, you got to have an ample amount of data for it to work off of. Yeah, and so it's only going to allow you to use it if it thinks it could provide actually useful delivery estimations. 
And that, that's the thing I love. It goes a step further. There's the shop promise badge guarantee. Yeah, where there's like, you'll get shop cash back if it misses the delivery. What? Yeah. Who's given that money? I believe Shopify. Because their app screwed up? And then you could spend it like in the shop app. Yeah. All right. I mean, it sounds like a, if the if this is made available to you, absolutely try it. It's pretty. It's cool. And so far, I've only seen it in the one store, but I like it. This next header is Shopify magic slash AI integration. Is magic an editorial term by you, or do they now have a thing called Shopify magic? It's called Shopify magic. God damn it. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't called like shop magic, magic shop. Because they just love throwing the word shop on things. Well, because this exists solely inside the Shopify admin. <laughs> that that nomenclature does get a little confusing. Well, you use the shop app to do your shopping with the shop promise badge. Mm-hmm. And you get shop points and they pay you back in shop dollars if you didn't get what you shop for in time. How do you just like trademark a verb? How do you trademark windows? Oh, yeah. You can't trademark shop for shopping, though. Isn't that what they did? There's no way. That's why they always, you can't just, no, there's no way. Refuse to believe it. Uh, So, Shopify magic. (laughs) And again, this is what it's like rolling out. I've seen this in a store, but it's really cool. It's just Harley pulling Toby out of a hat. Shopify magic. I mean, I'd be impressed, (laughs) but no. In the Shopify admin, If I'm editing a product and I'm looking at the product description, there's like a little purple sparkle tab icon sticking out of the rich text editor. And when you click that, a text editor appears within your text editor. (laughs) Yeah, wrap your head around that. And in it, it'll say... Don't you mean the shop editor? The shop. (laughs) It's a rich text editor, thank you. (laughs) And... In it, it'll the default is like you. It says give it at least two features or bullet points, and then you choose a tone of voice and hit generate, and it'll write a description for the product. Or you've got your product description already written in your store, and say you select like the first paragraph is editorial. You highlight it, that appears, and then you get new options. It's like oh, did you want to expand this, rewrite it, or condense it? And it works really well, and because it's like. Like, yeah, I, I realize this is just built on top of another AI app, probably ChatGPT, and I could just do all the same stuff with prompts there. But the convenience of it's right there in front of me, you know, and, and even if I've got to edit like 20 products or 200 products, having it just right there built in, super convenient. Yeah, I love the thing. The, uh, the shop app has a chatbot stuck in it now. See, how can you just call an app shop? You can't, you can't, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Is it called shop app or is it called shop? I have no idea. Yeah. It's like calling an app app. It's like or, when the Android browser was called browser. Uh, browser. Yeah, good luck Googling that one. Yeah, good luck trying to find a bug. Like, oh, has anyone else experienced this bug in browser? <laughs> Tell me about Metafields. I got some Metafields updates. We love Metafields. There's a Meta Objects update. Objects. I, I spent an intense five minutes before this podcast was being recorded. Learning You're being what, modest. It was like a solid 15. <laughs> learning what meta objects were. So meta objects are... Col- collect- a herd of meta fields? They're a collection of meta fields that you... If you think of a meta field as 
the base object is the product, and then we are putting meta fields on that product. A meta object, that's more the base object. You're making a meta object, and then you might be applying that meta object to a product. So let me give you an example. Uh, a very good example I saw is you're selling apparel. Your apparel on your store has different designers, and you want to highlight those designers on the products. So each, each designer has like 20 products on your store. And say for every designer listing, you want to have their name and a photo of them and like a little bio. If you're doing that solely with meta fields, you would have three fields you have to fill out on every single product where you got to type in name, type in their name. That's one meta field. Upload the image, another meta field, fill out their bio. Go to the next product, name, put in, fill out, put in, upload the image, fill out their bio. And you're just doing that. You have three things you're filling out on every single product. It's a huge pain in the ass. Now with meta objects, what you do is you create a meta object called designer. That meta object has three fields, name, photo, bio. You create the three designers. You create the designers, and then you fill out their things. So like Kurt Elster, then you have a name of him looking like William Riker, and then you fill out his bio about how he served on the Enterprise, and then he was captain of the Titan. And so you just have that pre-built and pre-made, that bio of that designer. And so you do that for all designers. You do all of it once for each designer. Then... You create one meta field that's designer. And when you go on the product, you're like, who's the designer on this product? And you click on it and it gives you the list of the designers you created and you just pick the name or pick whatever. And then all the other stuff, all that stuff you pre-filled out in the object will populate on the page. So okay. instead of having three fields that you have to fill out the same data every single time on every single product, you create a set of fields, you fill them out once, and then on every product, you're just like, use that, use that one, use that one, use that one, and it's all one time. So in, in programming, there's a concept called dry, don't repeat yourself. <laughs> and if I had, you're right, if I had a field on a product page and, say, a size guide, and I've built that size guide out using a series of meta fields. And then the meta fields are tied to the product. So for every product with that size guide, I have to re-enter the same information over and over. That's not, it's certainly not efficient. It'll work, but it's not ideal. And so the meta object, a grouping of meta fields are within the object. A, and then I call it with a meta field. Yeah, a grouping of meta fields that go together. Okay. So you I know, like the bio idea that like you know like a card. Yeah, it's a like little about card about each designer. About you know, the designer. or a th or a thing where it's like, well, here's the uh, you know we have different FAQs for every for a product. We have the F the jacket FAQ and the backpack FAQ. Well, how do we do that with meta fields? Well, if each one is five questions, each uh, product has ten meta fields you have to fill out, which is question one, answer one; question two, answer two; question three, answer three. And then you go to every single product. You go, okay, is this a backpack? All right. And I'm backpack question pasting. one. Backpack question two. Backpack answer one. Backpack answer two. And you're just filling all those fields out over and over again. Now you just create a meta object called FAQ. Then you go backpack. And then you fill out all the questions and answers for backpack. Then you create another one inside the meta object called jacket. And then you fill out all the questions for jacket. And then on each product, you go, is this a 
jacket or a backpack. Backpack. And then it just does the FAQ for the backpacks. And now the real magic here is if I have to make an update. In the old system, oh, yeah. I would have to update every meta field and every product. Yeah. Now I update that meta object, and it updates across once, and then it's going to update across all the products it's attached to? Yes. Okay, sweet. Because, <laughs> you know, in a store catalog, realistically, there's a lot of repetition. You know, if I'm selling an apparel store, most of the information for a category or item or a product type, say, like, T-shirts versus shirts or versus socks versus shorts versus whatever, most of that info about my T-shirts is all going to be the same. Right, and so if I could just put all that, I can have a meta object called T-shirt size guide, and I can have one. And then if I start manufacturing a different blank, I just update it in that one place. Yeah. Okay. I like this. We have yet to actually implement a meta object, but now that I get it, yeah, the I'm like, this is useful. The examples that we've given, we definitely could have used them in the past. It's yeah. just that we haven't had to use it recently. That's pretty sweet. So someone hire us to do a new store setup. And we'll go meta object crazy on your store. <laughs> Still trying to survive on Shopify without upsells? In 2022, Zipify one-click upsell users made an extra $156 million in upsell revenue. That's an average of $17,000 for each store that downloaded OCU. Most new users see an immediate 10 to 15% increase in sales from day one. Created by the owner of a $170 million e-commerce brand and trusted by over 13,000 Shopify merchants, one-click upsell boosts your average order value with highly targeted pre-purchase and post-purchase upsells. Zipify OCU's mobile-optimized offer pages drive sky-high conversions and split-testing capabilities maximize your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $400 million in sales. Installing the app is easy. It only takes a few clicks to launch your first upsell and start generating more revenue overnight. Go to zipify.com slash Kurt and start your 30-day free trial. And for an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. You ever play with the Enhanced Search and Discovery app? I have, and I find it to be lacking. It one day appeared in everyone's store. It's better than what they had before, but it's not as good as... The third-party ones? Uh, it's not as good as the third-party ones, most especially Product Filter and Search by Boost. Boost or Booster? Is it Booster or Boost? I'm not sure. All right. Anyway, there's an app called Product Filter and Search. We'll call it B. Product Filter and Search. Yeah. Uh, it's great. We use it all the time. And Search and Discovery is still not as good as it, but it's getting better. So the thing that lived in Search and Discovery, I don't know originally, it was just, I think originally it was just like, here's sidebar filters. And yeah. it was it was like part of the online store 2.0 rollout was all right we're gonna have native sidebar filtering for collections and then you manage that within search and discovery, but it wasn't super robust. Um, it didn't have like and it was built off of like link lists like you for some reason you'd go in the navigation and the link list and then it would be down there and you could add things oh, yeah. you could add things to sort by. But the list of things you could do was very limited. Like, for example, on Harney, they have a whole thing where you can absorb, uh, you could sort by like um, robustness or like taste level. They got the all T these, ratings. Yeah, like the T ratings. Like, oh, this has got to, I only want the T's that have at least a four in robustness. Product filter and search, you could set all that stuff up and it looks real nice. Uh, search and discovery, mm -mm, they didn't allow that. I'm drinking Harney tea right now. Mm. 
I I do I I only drink tea from uh, this indie brand I know. It's called uh, Lipton. Lipton. Yeah, Lipton. Yeah, yeah. I'm I don't not know. Familiar. If, yeah, oh, yeah. You probably haven't. That must be a local thing. Yeah, yeah. They're Chicago. I think they're Chicago based. I don't know, but yeah, they. I gotta like go down to their store and buy it because I mean they don't even have distribution yet. That's so cool. Yeah, I know. Wow. So the the search and discovery app. I imagine a lot. It showed up unexpectedly in a lot of people's stores last year, and they either uninstalled it. What, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and uninstalled it. Or played with a little bit, uh, and then maybe uninstalled it. Today, there is so much more to it, you should revisit it. So it's got search synonyms in it now. So in the past, if you had, like, you knew there was a common misspelling for when people were searching for a product, you'd have to add that as, like, a product tag to make sure it pops up. Now you can add that in Search and Discovery app. And the native um, cross-selling that you could do in a Shopify theme you can tie that into this app and manually set it. It's doing a lot more now, so it's worth revisiting, especially like in a, a 2.0 store that's out of the box is going to have some of these features built in, like the sidebar filtering and the, the product recommendations. You know, and the nice part about the official Shopify apps, they're not charging you for them, <laughs> right? Well, like it's I not like. an additional monthly fee. There's some other uh, minor stuff, some quality of life stuff that happened. The rich text editor inside, not the one on the product page that has the Shopify magic, the <laughs> one that's inside the theme editor. Previously, that it had like bold, italic, and link. I think that was like that's the right. only options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it can do headings. Yeah, headings and lists. Oh, <laughs> I'm making fun of it, but... I mean, it is a welcome change. No, I no, need that. No, Give can't, me that. no, can't get excited about a rich, te- rich text editor. All those WYSIWYG editors do is output absolute garbage. <laughs> You're, I know. I, just, <laughs> I would much rather like just let me write the HTML. Yeah, I know. How I many, swear. How many times you've been like, "Hey, this looks broken. Can you do the code to fix it?" And I'm like, "That's in the description, buddy. They wrote it broken. They got to go into every every description and unbreak it." Uh, I believe the last time that happened was last Friday, <laughs> in recent memory. Uh, granular permissions they added, or rather more granular permissions. So like when you add a collaborator account or you add a staff member to your store, please don't tell me you just give them access to everything, right? You could always choose what sections of the store they could view, but now it's added even more options into it. And if you, like previously it was all or nothing, like they can either access the section and edit it or not see it at all. Now there's you know, sections that have uh, read-only. And so worthwhile to go back through it. Make sure you don't have, like, old accounts you forgot about. Um, and Or make sure that collaborator accounts that you do need don't have access to things that they shouldn't. That's just, like, an easy security exercise to go through. Let's just limit, always limit access to only what is necessary. Now, you, running through all those features, the stuff that's plus-exclusive... I noted it in, I wrote it down, I know that in advance. <laughs> so we talked about uh, checkout extensions. That is a plus exclusive. And, and extensions are the things that are replacing scripts. No. <laughs> extensions <laughs> are what app blocks in the checkout. So I subscribe to the loyalty points. App. I buy the loyalty points app. Yes. They're doing loyalty points on my store. Yes. But I'm not plus... Mm-hmm. So the loyalty points app can't that I'm paying for can't put a thing in my checkout because I'm not plus. Yes. That widget, the checkout extension widget, <laughs> that's a plus exclusive. Okay. So being able to do that, 
um, and Shopify functions. So the the thing that replaces script so editor. Doing anything with the checkout whatsoever, other than uploading your logo and changing the colors at all, is a plus exclusive. Yes. So that's the same. They also changed the like the the colors and some of the fonts that you had access to in that checkout editor. So you got like more controls over how it looked. Uh, let's just assume that's a plus exclusive as well. Oh my god. The shop cash thing, which is that incentive program for shop pay, also plus exclusive. <laughs> Uh, and there's a lot of like B2B selling improvements. That stuff is plus exclusive. So what, how about what's not plus exclusive? Oh, let's see here. Well, our meta fields, our meta objects. All right. Uh, those quality of life features I mentioned. The improvements to the search and discovery app. That's yes. Okay, good. Absolutely. And we're thinking this one page checkout. That's just free money. Assuming it bumps conversions for whoever opts into it. And Shop Magic, Shopify Magic, the the AI product description tool. The Skynet that writes your product descriptions. Yeah. Okay. And again, it was, hey, we announced 100 plus features. I just picked the stuff that was interesting to me. And so we ended up with a few plus exclusives. Any closing thoughts? I could definitely see the usage for meta objects, and I would like very much like the excuse to use it somewhere. Because I think it would be sick. Unfortunately, I have no current use case for it, given the projects I'm currently working on. I'd love to use it to build a proper, accessible, text, tabular data size guide. A size guide that is, like, not just a damn image jammed into the page. And I think that's an ideal example scenario for meta objects because a size guide is a lot of little integer values. Yeah, because if I think about it, all right, so you have, like, four sizes, and then each size has, like, two measurements. Yeah, no, you probably got, like five sizes so that's like 10 fields and i know you're working on a product detail page for hoonigan yes just provided us new size guides oh that did they yes okay well if we're doing that i'll do <laughs> i'll look into it that's it's accessible then i get to write seo then i, I get guess? to then i get to write responsive tables Ooh, just put a horizontal scroll bar on there <laughs> scroll left to right if it's a table what are you gonna do <laughs> Maybe I'll use CSS Grid. All right. So on those developer jokes. I will not use CSS Grid. It is. It scares me too much. Is that the Oh, I'm thinking of CSS Flex is the one you no, like. No, Flex is great. CSS Grid is very scary. Carl uses it some. No, Tom uses it sometimes. And I look at it and I'm like, I, just, I don't get it. <laughs> the one I enjoy is CSS Clamp. We could set min and max values. See, I was already kind if of. I can give it a range. I was cool. already kind of doing that with calc and linear equations. That's fancier, but didn't they get rid of that? No, I can still do that. You can still do calc? Yeah. I thought they were getting rid of that. No, you need calc, man. No one understands what we're talking about. No, we've really <laughs> we've gotten deep in the weeds. All right, we'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts, please. Uh, join our Facebook group, Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders, and talk to us. Uh, the you know, Some of the questions, uh, the points I covered, were questions people asked in the group earlier in the month, so we would love to have your input. All right. See you guys. Bye. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. You want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. 
Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Code Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.